0: Thank you. Welcome back to Happy Chemicals. I'm your host, Christian Rivera, and welcome to the new era of Happy Chemicals. I'm committing to the idea that this is a thing that will just continue. Uh, As I suspected when I officially ended the podcast um, many months ago, I I don't even know how long that was actually, but uh, it seems like a while ago, I needed to let it go so that I can actually honestly work on some things that I needed to work on. Because I was often using the podcast as a bypassing tool, as a uh, workaholic tool, as a way of not doing the honest inner work that I needed to do, of really sitting with myself. You know, it became something of a preaching tool. You know, a do as I do and uh, do as I say and not as I do kind of thing, right? And... I feel now I've been in a place where I can start sharing some of the things that I've been working through and figuring out, um, or just some thoughts on some some concepts, right? So today I want to talk about shadows, shadows in the sense of the Jungian shadow. You've got uh, persona, ego, shadow, and self. Uh, persona is what we present to the world, how we decide to put on our mask and And how we decide to show up. Sometimes that can be literally the show, the clothes that we wear. Sometimes it's part of our programming and how we want to present ourselves. Um, what is popular, what is acceptable. And we internally decide our relationship to what is acceptable. How do we either fit in, you know, via some sort of external avatar within our society? Like, you know, how do we fit in and dress a way that's not weird? Quote unquote, uh, and then there's uh, the shadow. The shadow is sort of the unconscious, the complete opposite. The collective unconscious in particular is sort of our raw human side. All of the things that we push down that are unacceptable, that we deem unacceptable, both by societal standards, but by our own personal standards. What are we deciding is n- potentially not safe, not going to get our needs met, not going to get us cared for, not going to get us loved, uh, is is you know, deemed inappropriate, uh, you know, and, and a lot of that starts to come online societally at a certain age, but, uh, it really starts with our parents at a very early age, you know, figuring out what behaviors are acceptable or not acceptable by our parents. And sometimes that is relative to our ego, our ego. I usually use the definition of our, our Enneagram type helps us figure out which type of ego we sort of bring and have, I'm an Enneagram One, so there's a sense of goodness and behavior uh, that I have been always attuned to, and to varying degrees, you know, when you're a kid, you're young, and in my case as an Enneagram One, you're carefree, you're delightful, you're having a good time, but then you realize that, oh, people favor behavior, or at least based on what I'm attuned to, people have favored behavior, someone, uh, uh, you know, sitting still, folding your hands, don't be too loud, don't t- make a mess, um, don't be too outspoken, uh, you know, cooperate, etc. And while I'm uh, a sexual one, the counter type of a one in the Enneagram, and this has been uh, still a relationship that I have to not only being aware of my own sense of goodness, but then also projecting and telling other people how they should behave, (laughs) uh, and, and in a way of also getting the environment to be calm so that I can be calm, right? A lot of us tend to do that. We tend to try to project and create an environment that is conducive to our sense of peace, right? Like peace takes a lot of work. Peace is exhausting. Peace is something that, uh, is about the outside world, typically, right? We talk about inner peace and calm and stuff like that, but typically when someone's talking about peace, it's like peace in the Middle East. It's, uh, it's making everyone put their swords down. It's making someone else behave. It's you yelling at your sibling and saying, stop talking, stop moving, stop doing that, right? Or your parents yelling at you and trying to keep the peace themselves of like, stop, I just want to think, I just want to whatever, right? It's always about trying to control the outside world and that, you know, can be an inflation of our ego quite often is projection, introjection, and uh, sometimes split ego states where aspects of our ego are not properly talking to each other. And I also think of the ego as kind of a junction box in a sense, like the ego itself is a place where we make those decisions as to what to present and what to hide. Right, So it's, a, it's sort of a train station, a train junction, a place that all of this material comes into, whether it's internal or external, and we're making decisions about it. Right, So we're making decisions in a Myers-Briggs sense. You've got thinking, feeling, intuition, and sensing, but then you've also got this ego definition of you're taking in information the way that you take in information. You've also got this ego distortion from your personality in terms of your Enneagram type, that you're maybe fixated on a particular um, aspect of reality and taking that in and maybe making judgments about it or uh, determinations of how people should be or how you should be right. Whether that's maybe a fixation on sadness or success or helping people or intellect or uh, fear and preparation or positivity and joy and play or uh, aggressiveness, assertiveness, being strong, being physically uh, overwhelming, overbearing, or uh, trying to manage the outside world to make everyone you know, be a, a constant mediator. Those are representations of various Enneagram types. And so uh, I want to talk about shadows in the sense that there is this balancing point. I think the ego is kind of the center of this balancing point a lot for us, And it's determining which way things go. Sometimes when the ego is at play, the ego is trying to actively repress things. It's determining what is appropriate, what is not appropriate. And you're learning things all the time and your ego's making determinations of that. Uh, Over time, when you're working on doing ego development, when you're younger, you typically need to develop an ego, right? So it's, uh, I often hear a lot of young people saying, that maybe my ego is too much, or they're taking on later spiritual concepts of transcending the ego when you have not yet developed an ego, right? It's important for everybody to develop an ego, develop a sense of self, a relationship to what you want, your desires, relationship to then how you fit yourself into society, and then finding ways to, you know, develop and gain your own resources that way. And only then can you maybe start playing with getting to know what's happening at scale in the world and then being able to transcend your own ego and starting to have a, a, a better relationship to where your ego is not automatically filtering things, but you yourself are personally more in charge of filtering things. You, the witness, the watcher, the person that is aware of your inner happenings and starting to get into the complexities of your inner self and inner knowing. So the ego is this place that, you know, we develop a relationship to it early in life and it needs to grow and it needs to happen, especially if you have kids and maybe you're fixated on, you know, wanting your kids to behave a certain way. uh, They need to develop their ego. They need to develop their own desires, their own wants and stuff like that. So you need to have them, give them room to expand and express And mostly your job is to make sure that they're fed and that they don't kill themselves by jumping off of something too high. Right. Uh, So, uh, you know, uh, being a parent is obviously much more complex than that, but that's one of the main ideas. So with, with the shadow, you've got this ballast point again, with the ego in the center of like a seesaw, for example. And then you've got persona at one side, maybe favoring a whole bunch of stuff and saying, this is how we want to elevate ourselves. This is what we want to show to the world. This is what is deemed appropriate. This is how we look. This is how we look like a professional. This is how we look like a father. This is look how like how we look like a mother or a partner or whatever. And when we're choosing some of those things, the other stuff gets into the shadow. Now, what I think is important too is that when things eventually balance out and you get into this transcending of the ego idea, it's really about eventually resolving material, meaning that I've heard this, this expression of the shadow as this heavy bag that we carry behind us, that when we are taking things off of our face, <laughs> taking things off of the mask and saying, nope, this is not acceptable, we don't discard it. We think we discard it. We think we get rid of it, but actually we put it on into the bag that we carry behind us. Where we put it into the lower end of the seesaw. We can't elevate ourselves without a heavy counterbalance on the other side, right? So we're always trying to elevate ourselves to some sort of persona, some sort of personal standing, some way to collect resources, to gain love, to gain notoriety, whatever it is that we want. And so if we're putting these things in the other side of the seesaw and eventually getting to a point in our development where we don't maybe necessarily need to have persona as much or that we get to choose more of our relationship to persona. And it's not that we're being uh, reactive to what gets put into the shadow, but now we're being responsive and making choices as to what can come out, what can be integrated and what can create a more balancing point. So once you're taking things off of the other side, the weight of the seesaw kind of balances out and you get this idea of whole self Self being the ego in the center. You've got persona on one side and you've got shadow on the other side. And that's really what shadow integration is. It's not about flipping the seesaw, which a lot of people tend to think is that you're just dropping persona altogether and letting the shadow completely rise, right? So I've worked with INTPs and INTPs tend to want to reject persona and prefer to bring their own shadow within out, right? Right. IPs, sometimes EPs, perceivers in general can have a desire to want to bring more of their introverted world, their introverted decision making out into the forefront. And that can sometimes manifest as like, well, I'm just always going to be honest. I'm going to tell my truth. I'm not going to filter myself. I'm not going to. Uh, uh, hide anything. I'm I'm just going to share how awful I am as a person. Uh, my terrible thoughts, my, you know, I won't even judge them as terrible thoughts. Is like, these are just my thoughts. This is just what makes sense. Or these are just my feelings. This is just what I resonate with, right? And not have any filter at all. That is still not whole self. That is still an imbalance in the other direction, where then, in a sense, your persona becomes the shadow, right? <laughs> and uh, when you're not Actively seeking or choosing a persona, then that persona becomes a default. People are still perceiving you. You're still choosing how you present yourself. But instead, maybe you choose to present yourself as someone who doesn't shower and you just wear the same black t shirt every day. And uh, you're not making decisions about how you look. You're not shaving. You're not taking care of yourself, not getting a haircut, not putting on any kind of smell goods. Like, you know, it, it's you're not making those decisions and you're just letting the world around you define yourself for you because you maybe have a sense of what your internal world is but others are not so you have to do the work of figuring out ways to present aspects of your inner world that are pleasing that are appropriate that are acceptable that are going to get you what you want in life that are going to get you more than just the default And that takes work, you know, that's a really difficult thing. So ultimately what we're trying to seek at the end of the day, when it comes to like transcendence and stuff, or, um, I I don't want to say enlightenment or transcendence, because then that becomes like a goal people have because people are like, oh, I never get to feel pain ever again. Like, that's not true. That's not what transcendence is. But transcending the ego is essentially having a relationship with the ego where the ego is not autonomously the junction box it's not making those decisions for you now you are making the decisions right you are the one that is able to identify that oh you know what i needed to repress this as a kid because my parents weren't happy with it but you know what i don't live with my parents anymore or uh my parents are not in my life anymore or my parents are different than they were when i was a kid or there's no longer a threat because i am an adult and i can handle myself and so you got to bring some of those things out in out of the shadow and into the balancing point of the persona, or again, release it off of the seesaw altogether, right? Sometimes when you resolve things, when you get these two balancing points of things that you had put into the ego or into the shadow and no longer are something you need to repress or even something that you necessarily want to bring into your persona, you're able to resolve it. and you just say, like, you know what, I actually I don't need this. This is not something I needed to keep. I didn't need to repress this. I can integrate aspects of this and whatever is left. I can just let it go. That's really the thing is letting it go, right? So it's lightening the load just as much as it is balancing the load, right? In a sense. So uh, shadows are interesting in that if you pay attention enough to people and you start to get to know aspects of your own shadow and what's happening in there and starting to go through that material, you start to notice it in other people you know, that people are actively trying to project a sense of goodness, trying to show, uh, uh, you know, they're usually operating through a sense of fear unconsciously, this idea of like, oh, I need to project that I'm a good person and unconsciously behaving, you know, in the opposite way because that's something that's unresolved. When it's resolved, again, when it's something you're able to work through, then you're able to allow it to dissipate and let go, and you don't really have a positive or negative relationship charge to it at all. So I had a, a talk with my sister who is very much you know, working through stuff on her own, and she's developing and growing, and she's an amazing person. Um, we were sitting on the porch at my parents' house, and I've had a very massive negative shadow charge with my parents throughout growing up. Like There was a lot of fighting, and I've talked about it on this podcast quite a bit. Uh, but I've worked through a lot of stuff. I have figured out my relationship to a lot of these things. I actively took some time to pull these things out of the bag that I've been dragging behind me, starting to look at them and honestly reassess where I am now versus where I was then and who my parents are now versus who they were then. And having a relationship to, if I am understanding my unconscious, my deep shadow, myself, I can actually have more empathy for people having had to repress their shadow, their selves, their things, right? And that includes my parents. And so improving that relationship with them by working through some of my own stuff, I went to my family's house and some of the things I would normally be triggered by, because triggers are ultimately reflections of what we put in the shadow or an awareness of what we put in the shadow. It's someone trying to, you know, tilt the seesaw while you're sitting on it. and you're like, no, this is the way I like the seesaw, and they're like messing with it. Uh, you're now aware that there's something off balance, that you're not in a stable place, and that trigger usually reveals the instability. So when I'm going to see my family, uh, there's there's an instability that I'm uh, that no longer is there in terms of my reaction. I'm I'm not triggered by any of the things that I would normally be triggered by. And my sister brought that up. She was like, "Aren't you triggered when you know somebody does this or that, uh, or, or doesn't it bother you when someone does this or that?" And I'm like, "No, I'm just here. I'm just hanging out. Uh, no, nope, it's not in my awareness anymore. It's just not something I'm hyper vigilant about. And in a sense, when things are in the shadow, these are things that you have to constantly be aware of, because these are things you're avoiding or you're suppressing, or that you're trying to over." own as a personality, um, aspect, you know, or maybe you call it your personality, right? Uh, my friends a personality hacker, my clients as well for full disclosure. Um, we just put out a podcast, uh, they put a two-part podcast out about trigger warnings, personality types and trigger warnings, where they kind of cover some of these aspects of the shadow and, um, the different ways that we sort of avoid or try to, deal with shadow material. Again, I referenced controlling the outside world. There's avoidance tactics. Sometimes there's narrative reframing, and then there's also, um, making it an identity and, uh, they go into much more detail there. So I would recommend going to check that out. Uh, but ultimately when it comes to the shadow and trying to find these balancing points, it takes a lot of work and time and intention. And that's why I took some time away from the podcast and even said it was over when it's not, I knew it wouldn't be. Um, but now I don't feel as much of a compulsion to make the podcast. It's sort of when the timing's right. It's like when the pot starts boiling, let's do it. Right. <laughs> um, so i have just been thinking a lot about shadows, generational shadows, cause I've been listening to a lot of generational theory content trying to determine or figure out some relationship to what's coming in the next few years um for my own personal planning but ultimately like i mentioned with resolving some of the shadow material it sometimes resolves some anxiety some hypervigilance again it's like you have you may be avoiding triggers again or trying to you know make sure that these things are never in your view you know you might be trying to control the narrative or only hanging out with people who would not trigger you And really limiting your experience, limiting your awareness to only things and people and experiences that make you comfortable, someone who's not going to come up and try to tilt the seesaw, or you're only allowing certain people on the other side of the seesaw um, because of, you know, whatever factors seem comfortable, right? So, you know, working through some of this shadow material is allowing for the opportunity to, again, be more balanced, but also... You know, rid yourself of, of the heaviness of the bag that you're dragging behind you of, of balancing this idea of not having to be so hypervigilant and bringing aspects of your true, authentic, full self to the forefront, you know, dressing the way you want, speaking the way you want, looking the way you want, not in complete frivolousness. You still have to make choices. The shadow things that we have to hold back still exist. But they might not be as magnanimous as you previously had to, right? So, again, when you're younger and you're doing ego work, you're bringing a lot of stuff up, right? You're like, who am I? What do I like? What are my preferences? Who am I attracted to? What do I want, right? Especially as a teenager. And then you get into society, and society starts to activate that ego point. You start to have somewhat of a fear of death, maybe you get involved in a religion or becoming anti-religion or some role in society starting to find your center, finding something that will help you develop skills, some contribution to society, start to make money and start to have some of the things that you want, but then start to also work on repressing some of those ego things that you had activated before and, and society telling you and yourself telling you or your ego telling you okay, nope, we can't do this. We can't do this. We can't do this. These desires are not relevant or these desires are not safe or these desires are going to get us fired or, you know, not get a relationship that we want or whatever. And then, you know, over time, we start to tip the scales in the other direction again. Once we start to get past this dependence on society and start to develop, maybe as a freelancer or start to build your own business or get resources on your own esteem, then we start to unravel this relationship to, you know, what we needed to repress and starting to present still a persona, but now we're bringing more of ourself into the persona, not just what is going to get us hired or, uh, what is going to get us uh, a partner, but starting to play with who we really are. And some people start to get into personality types, uh, at this stage of life or figuring out, um, Personality systems to help them, you know, gain those resources and start to develop a little bit of a sense of individuality. And then there's a sense of the bigger picture in the world that, oh, there are other people that are doing this. And there are varying types of personalities, varying types of development and all of that stuff. And then you go through all of this shadow material and you start to look through the bag behind you and start to pull out all those, those things and reassess like, okay, now that I'm through all of those things, what's safe? Is it safe? You know, and you really have to deliberately, one at a time, go through those things, take the time to do it, and uh, go through an individuation process, or start to um, go towards individuation. That might not necessarily happen in uh, anyone's complete lifetime, because variables and circumstances are always changing, but individuation is, is this process of really trying to keep yourself balanced in you know, becoming aware of your projections, becoming aware of your triggers, being coming aware of when maybe you're taking on someone else's feelings that are not yours, right? And starting to let things go that are not yours and letting things go that are not a part of your individuation, not a part of your whole self, right? So, uh, you know, shadows are interesting in that it's not always just about a balance of what is shown and what is not shown because if there's a relationship to shown and not shown, then there's some sort of attachment and in some ways be working on some non-attachment working on working on letting go or realizing what things are not yours uh, is really about lightening the load being more um, fluid being again, not hypervigilant being uh, efficient you know, making better decisions, making having clearer thinking is working through this process. But I want to stress that you cannot work through transcending the ego until you have developed one. So if you've never had a job before and you're listening to this, you're probably in a place of needing to develop your ego, needing to explore more of your preferences. What do you want? What is your ultimate big vision and dream? Like, what are you playing with? What do you want to do? And then figuring out your way, your trajectory to try to investigate that. If you're interested in music, how can you get involved in the music industry or some adjacent to it or art or whatever? And you just have certain preferences and desires, you know, and then as you go through society, you'll, you'll figure out how to balance all of that stuff out. So I find that as I start to wrap up here, that that's one of the biggest challenges because I hear a lot of talking about shadow work. There's like the Joe Rogan's and Jordan Peterson's of the world that I don't think Joe Rogan's talking about it personally so much as he's had guests on, but, um, you know, sort of, uh, what used to be the intellectual dark web. I don't know if that's really a thing that exists anymore, but typically more of like the younger guy, Republican side, more conservative, um, person who is, uh, maybe railing against the women's movement these days, there's more of a superwoman idea versus like the Superman of a hundred years ago and needing to figure out, you know, where you are in the stage of life, in the stage of development, because a lot of people aren't talking about development. They're just saying doing shadow work, Right and you might not have a shadow yet. <laughs> is kind of what I'm saying. So it's important to do that self-evaluation of like, am I pre-conventional or post-conventional, right? By conventional, I mean, you know, working a job nine to five, fitting into some sort of aspect of society, uh, whether that's church or college or academia or whatever, right? Are you before that? Are you still in high school? Are you, have you dropped out of high school? Are you just listening to podcasts because you're bored? Um, you know, have you had a job before? Do you have skills you're trying to develop? And how can you start to move into the conventional? Right, that's no time for shadow work. You don't have a shadow yet. And if you're post-conventional, and maybe you're trying to move away from a job, you're starting to do freelancing. You know, you're not even in the realm of doing that yet. You're still trying to identify what your ego is. And then after that, when you start to develop a a greater relationship to the larger world and maybe having an awareness of of both the um, positives and negatives of what's happening around the world and the various archetypes of human beings, then I think is the time when you could do shadow work. So a lot of people are talking about shadow work, but they're not really talking about when. And that's kind of what I wanted to cover here is win. And I'll probably talk a little bit more about it because I think it's really interesting. Relative to things like spiral dynamics or the stages model, uh, stagesinternational.com is is where that is. Uh and um, you know, things like integral theory and stuff like that. So the win is super important because I think there is a massive bottleneck of young men in particular who are not allowing themselves to find a way into the workforce. Uh, or into the trajectory that they want to get into and instead are sitting at home in a quiet room and on their computer or their phone you know complaining that the world is not catering to them anymore you got to push you got to figure it out you got to project yourself into the world and find a way to um you know find trades or jobs or college or school or whatever right so uh You know, shadow is a multi-level, multi-component thing. It's not the same experience for everybody. And that's why I needed to step back. Because I didn't want to necessarily talk about the specifics of what's in my shadow, because I don't want that narrative to be something created for someone else when you yourself are, are the person that has to figure out that narrative. Now there are shadow coaches out there, there are people that help you with that stuff, and they may be able to help you determine if that's something you even need right my my little brother he's lovely and wonderful he came to me and he said like i think i have too much of an ego and um i'm like no i don't think you're showing enough of it (laughs) you know i want to see you like he's an amazing guitarist he's got a lot of preferences he's artistic uh and we need to see more of his persona and he's an IP as well. So he has that challenge of being too honest when really it's about trying to display your ego, display who you are, display who you want to be, display who you want to be accepted as, right? And then figure it out from there. So I've been talking for a long time. I've got other work to do. I appreciate you. If you're an IP and ITP, INTP in particular, I have courses at happychemicals.org. Um, I'm I've been contemplating doing an enneagram or shadow related thing, probably an enneagram because I think a lot of INTPs that are on my channel are actually needing some ego calibration. And um, but let me know if any of this resonated with you. If there's something you would like to know more about, um, happy to to see what I can figure out here. So part of that is why I'm putting this out there. So, uh, it's good to be back. I'm excited to be talking about some of this stuff and sharing it with you. And, uh, if you have any questions, uh, leave a comment on the YouTube channel, uh, happy chemicals. So I appreciate you take care of yourselves and each other and I'll catch you next time on happy chemicals. See ya.